Chapter 19 of The Great Pearl Secret. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Fatima da Silva. The Great Pearl Secret by Charles Norris Williamson. Chapter 19 Old Nick. I wish to heaven the scent of Pat's tobacco weren't so dumb strong on that handkerchief in the packet. It's the blackest bit of evidence against him. Manners was saying to the detective in Claremont's study when a tap came at the door. The two locked themselves in for their occasional seances in this room, and Jack himself answered the knock. He was about to scold Togo for disturbing him, a thing strictly forbidden to all except the Duchess, when the sight of Lida's handwriting penciled on an envelope caused him to bite back the words. Who brought this? he asked. A boy, sir, replied the Japanese. He is from some theatre. He said he went first to the Tarascon Hotel, but they told him you'd left word to have you called up here for anything important, so he came round. Is he waiting for an answer? No, sir. He was in a hurry to get back. He said there was no answer. Jack retired into the study with the letter and carefully, gently opened the envelope. Even though he was eager to know what Lida had to say, he couldn't deal roughly with anything she had touched. This was not the only letter he had had from her, but it made his heart beat as if it were the first. My dear friend, she wrote with pencil, evidently in haste, I have something very important to tell you. I cannot put it well in a letter, but it has to do with the Duchess, your cousin. She may be running into some danger. I should like to save her from that if I could. Come to the theatre and see me for a few minutes. I shall be free at six precisely, after rehearsing my new dance of the Swan and the Signet with Mrs. Van Esten's little girl. Then I shall have a few minutes for you. Meanwhile, however, if you have time after getting this, try to make your cousin's maid tell if she knows where her mistress has gone. Yours ever, Lida P. This was all, but to Jack Manners it was sweet as the perfume of an eastern garden by moonlight, her perfume. It was all he could do to wrench his mind from entranced thoughts of Lida, to concentrate them upon Juliet. Poor Juliet! He understood now why he hadn't suffered at seeing her after her marriage, or cared a single rap. It was because he'd never been in love with her, really, except as a dear, rather trying cousin, and because what he'd called love had worn off even before that, like thinly spread guilt on gingerbread. He had not known what love was till the night when Lida Pavoya's eyes said to him with their first blinding look, You are the man, I am the woman. He believed in her utterly now, and if he had not, he would have wished to kill himself. 
to know her a good and glorious woman made the splendor of life why juliet has gone to the dress rehearsal of the roof garden show he remembered that was the word she had left with togo to give him and sanders on opening the door for them but lida was at the rehearsal and she hadn't seen juliet before sending such a message to him she would have made certain that the duchess hadn't arrived he would have simone down at once but simone the report came was not in the house she had gone out with admiral beatty the duchess's bulldog neither togo nor huji could say when she was likely to return but togo made a suggestion nixon the duke's english valet might know something of her movements nixon echoed jack surprised this is a new development isn't it nick knowing anything about simone i had an idea there was no love lost there togo ventured on this encouragement to smile dryly at heart he had as little affection for mademoiselle as old nick had he would have liked to do her an ill turn in payment of many snubs if it could be managed safely there is not much love captain he said perhaps that is why mr nixon watches mademoiselle when she takes the dog for a walk is he afraid she'll do bt harm asked jack i do not know captain mr nixon has not much talk but perhaps he would answer some questions is he in the house yes captain i noticed he left soon after mademoiselle soon enough to see where she went as he often does these days now his grace is gone and mr nixon has not so much to keep him busy but he is back ask him to come here said manners he spoke gravely and as the respectful togo retired threw sanders a puzzled look is there anything in this he asked that's what i've been wondering myself vouchsafed the detective you knew old nick was dogging simone's footsteps yes but i didn't know why i've been trying to find out how by having the said footsteps dogged on my own account you've had simone shadowed certainly but that doesn't necessarily imply suspicion i'd be a poor sort of chap at my job if i didn't have every servant in the house shadowed great scott and without a word to me or my cousin i can't bother you two with every detail besides she or you might have objected and that would have made things awkward all around mm, i see well where does simone go she goes quite naturally to a french cafe where she can drink her native coffee and chat with compatriots in her native tongue nothing much in that then it would seem no nothing much or so it would seem as you say all the same you're putting two and two together that would be a mistake from my point of view the great thing is to see whether two and two put themselves together shall i come in sir asked the man known to the household as old nick when his tap on the door left ajar for him 
had not been answered. Yes, come in, said Jack. Old Nick was in reality not old. He might have been anywhere between 30 and 40 and was the typical British soldier turned valet. There was, however, a glint in his eye at times when fixed on a person detested, which made his nickname not inappropriate. Togo thinks you may know when Simone is likely to return, Manners explained. She generally does about this time, sir. I'm expecting her any minute. Is it her movements or beaties that interest you? Nixon swallowed discreetly. May I speak out, sir? That's what we want you to do. Well, sir, I was with His Grace one why or another all through the war, and there's nobody to me like him. Never was, nor never will be. So there it is. And when he just vanished, as you might say, without so much as tipping the wink to me, I was dead sure he hadn't gone of his own accord. So I sets my wits to work the best I could, and I listens to talk, and I reads all that blinking newspaper rot. Thinks I, looks as if them beastly pearls has something to say in the business. So I asks myself, who's walked off with them? if anyone, and is his grace doing a flit in the hope of tracking the bloke down? If them pearls was ever in this house, they must have gone out again. Who could have done the trick? Well, I never trusted Mamselle the why a grace did. She had the run of the police. It was just on the cards she might have laid her hands on the combination for opening the safe. Well, I puts that in my pipe and smokes it. Strikes me she goes out a bit more regular for her promenades with Beatty since that French monsieur brought his packet of pearls than she used to do. So I asked the curiosity to follow at a respectful distance one day and sees milady step into a French restaurant. Not long after comes along Monsieur of the Pearls. I was sent to meet him at the dock, but missed him there cause of some mistake about his initials where you whites for the customs men. But I seed him here at the house later when I comes home to report to his grace. I recognized him all right. The question to my mind was whether you choose that restaurant cause towards French or cause au mademoiselle. Jack's eyes flashed to Sanders, who smiled. You and I have been rivals in this game, Nixon, he remarked. What conclusion did you come to about mademoiselle? Nixon flushed. Didn't know I was on your pitch, sir. But if he asks me, in my opinion, he comes for her, or else she comes for him. A cat may look at a king, said Sanders. They're compatriots. Why shouldn't they meet? On the other hand, why should they? Ventured Nixon. I wouldn't if I was him. And see here, sir, begging your pardon, I know you're a detective in a private way. I've told you all I done, but ain't all I want to do. I want to find his grace. 
If you and the captain make any frontal attack, so to speak, will you take me along? I'd give my life for the dock, and I might come in envy, who knows? Who knows indeed, echoed Sanders, but you shall have the chance of finding out when the time comes, and it may come soon, any day, any hour, even any minute. Now, if you think Mademoiselle's due back, I suggest that you leave us, as we've sent for her here. If there's anything in your suspicions, we don't want her to smell a rat. Right you are, sir. Thank you, sir, said Nixon. I'll be off and leave all clear. So, you actually suspect Simone and Defasquel? Jack turned on Sanders when they were alone. I can't go as far as that yet. There's no evidence against them, not even circumstantial. There's no crime in a flirtation between a man and woman, both of the midi, thrown together in a foreign land. I meant to spring this on you only when or if I had cause to be sure. Up to date, my indoors man at Rudin's, that's a French place in 12th Street where they meet, hasn't been able to overhear a word between the two, though he speaks French. He's acting as a waiter there now. He has instructions to ring me up if he gets onto anything queer. And I always leave word at home and the office where I'm going to be. This conversation, following Leader's letter, had keyed up Manners' nerves. He started as rather a sharp knock sounded on the door. It was Simone. She was very neat and chic and led Beatty, whose bored look suggested that he had been denied his proper share of exercise. Monsieur le capitaine, she purred, and bowed discreetly to the detective. Togo says monsieur has asked for me the moment I am home. I come, but the dog... Never mind the dog, Sanders caught the word from Jack. We've some questions to ask you. Mademoiselle, please stay where you are. His tone was rough, and he had put on a professional hectoring air. There had been no time to arrange a plan of action, but Manners guessed what was in Sanders' mind. He meant to try scaring Simone, and he wanted to do it off his own bat. Jack trusted him, and was willing to keep out of the business. Though the Frenchwoman's black eyes appealed to him, as her mistress's relative, against the rude stranger, he sat still and lit a cigarette. End of chapter 19